coming to you live from backstage at Freight Alley. You are listening to Well, man, we made it through the weekend. I did. I see you did. This post-coronavirus world. Wow. I can't wait for it to be really post-coronavirus, right? It's just, it's getting weird. It's, it's hard to fight something that you can't see and keep your gloves up all the time. It, it, you're absolutely right. You find yourself putting your gloves up in moments we were just talking about where you, you put them down for a second. You think, why did I just have my gloves up, right? I'm walking around my house and I'm disinfecting places that my wife just disinfected five seconds ago. I'm so like hyper aware of everything I touch now. Even like my smartphone is skeeving me out, everything. I, I, I came into work today, put my laptop down after I disinfected my desk, which I do four or five times a day, and then disinfected my entire laptop that I just walked in with. <laughs> uh, you know, hey. Is it weighing on you at all? I imagine for a lot of people it probably is. I, I, I believe that it is. You know, it, it's weighing on me a little bit. I think I see it in, in just about everybody. Uh, but you know, you got to look for those, those outlets. You got to look for those, those fun things, those things that take your mind off of it. And you know, one of the things that I see proper social distancing does apply in my neighborhood, but it's like a country club. I'm, I'm, you know, I have five neighbors close to me that we're, we're pretty close and have always been friendly, but now I'm meeting people from all over the neighborhood because they're out walking and stuff like that. And you know, they're stopping and, you know, proper social distancing and, and, and being right. But I'm, I'm meeting people all around my neighborhood, which is kind of, kind of nice. And, you know, we talk about different things. Yeah. I mean, if people out there too, if you are doing quarantine and chill, I know a lot of people are. There's a great documentary to check out called The Tiger King. It's got Florida. It's got Florida man. It's got people collecting giant big cats. It's got a lady who may or may not have fed her husband. To an, uh, to. I've, got, I've got to check that out. I, I, I totally missed it. You know, I have a, a seven year old daughter and five year old daughter. So, you know, I, 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 we're watching, you know, like uh, Sporky says, you know, Sporky from the, the last, uh, uh, what is it, Toys movie, right? It was Toy Spork who's asking questions. Oh, yes. But, yeah, Forky. And, and Fro- <laughs> or what's the name? Is it Forky? Well, he's a spork, right? But he's a, yeah, he's a fork. So, uh, yeah. And, and princess movies and, and the like. So, good. We got everyone up on social too so join us if you have any questions feel free to chime in Catherine Burke says likewise so I think it's weighing on her a little bit too just like the rest of us thanks for joining us Catherine alright so before we get to this let's get to uh, this episode our sponsors this episode is brought to you by Lean oh, Staffing yeah. Solutions the pioneers of transportation and logistics nearshoring struggling to hire retain and train entry level employees Lean Staffing can save you time and money with the ability to scale your business at a fraction of the cost to learn more, tell them. Leanstaffing.com. Go there right now. Well, after the show. After the show. After the show, go there. Get the music. All right, man. So this one's called Isolation on 18 Wheels. This episode, drivers on their own if they have to self-isolate. Not a lot of protocol out there, Michael, for what's going on. As coronavirus infection spread across the country, truck drivers are finding themselves stranded without clear course of actions for what to do if they think they might have COVID-19. Although CDC guidance calls for all individuals who think they have symptoms to quarantine or self-isolate, this directive is not as easy to follow if you're 800 miles from home in the cab of a big rig. Exactly, right? You're, you're reading through this. And this is just another one of those things is you can't prepare for something that you don't foresee coming. How do you prepare for something like this? Well, we'll be prepared for it in the, in the future, hopefully, uh, but hopefully we won't need to and be over. But contributing to that problem is, you know, many of the truck stops, uh, medical, cl- they don't have medical cl- clinics and they, or the, the ones that they do, they don't cover coronavirus. They've got, they've got chiropractors. Yeah, which is a little like ridiculous, right? right? You can't. Well, if if you're mean, a truck driver, you don't get the best. Uh, you don't get the best healthcare. You don't. But I, I would imagine that a chiropractor at those clinics is there for a reason. That people ask for him, and you're driving, and you got back issues and stuff like that. It can be relieving, I suppose, and you need that type of therapy. But you know th- what they need right now? They need clinics that are going to test and get to give them some sort of some, some way to deal with a problem if they become ill and yeah. they can't move. Right? The companies are looking at ways to recover that load, get another driver, and get it moving because it's essential things that have to be going. Right? Our, our truck drivers are making it happen for us. Thank them today, by the way. But uh, you know, what do you, how do you care for those ones that fall ill if well, they're not close to home? They can't deadhead back to the terminal. Some carriers are making concessions for this, right? They're working with doctors and they're looking to secure lodging, so at least drivers have some place to go, especially if they don't want to drive that 900 miles home and risk infecting people along the way. 
You know, as they say, as Bob Stanton, head of Truckers for a Cause, said, chiropractors can't do anything for you. Um, you have to have a plan in place to recover the trucks, which most carriers do. They don't have a big plan to recover their people. And I was reading the comments on this article, and they were, they were a little scary. One of them was secret. He said people are giving away, like, fake medical advice now. He said right. zinc and tonic water are the stuff I heard that's effective against coronavirus-19. He can't – it's not – it's – he said Michael Savage told him. Michael Savage talked about using tonic water, having the malaria drug in it. Tonic, tonic water does? And he says well, uh, <laughs> Infowars told him about zinc. So, I don't know. Not well, the most yeah, reputable well, sources. Yeah, it isn't. But if you go in there and you, I, I saw this one and I was, I was looking it up. There's yeah. actual studies on, I mean, it's quinine is what it is. It's yes. a malaria drug. And zinc is no, is no new thing. Right. I mean, zinc and the nasal for upper respiratory and that type of stuff that is has proven to be. Is it used for coronavirus? There's some studies that show that China and South Korea are, are looking at this right now. Yeah, but so Nigerians are getting of, sick on this stuff. So yeah, just be yeah. careful. Though. Don't take medical <laughs> yeah, advice yeah. off uh, InfoWars or FreightWaves comment yeah, section. No, you probably shouldn't. And Ron says anyone who thinks they've got a cure for uh, COVID-19 should provide a link to their medical degrees or stop giving people advice based on nothing but rumor and talk show idiocy. I have to agree. I have to agree with what he's saying there, obviously. And, you know, with the Internet, you're looking at these things. It's hard to know what's what's real, what isn't. William yep. Rufo said there's a lot of people outside in the middle of an airborne viral uh, pandemic. Skype, FaceTime, and Call of Duty have taken up most of his day. Chris Ulrich says, what's up, guys? What's up, Critch? And Catherine says, hey, this is Maddox. Al- uh, Maddox, hello. Hi. Hello, Hi, guys. Maddox. <laughs> uh, now we have some, a little awesome. bit of bad news, right? Oh, yeah, we do. Beaver Express, what happened with that? Yeah, so Beaver Express services of Woodward, Oklahoma, notified drivers and employees on Monday, that's today, that the LTL carrier is ceasing operations after 77 years. Uh, Mike Stone, president of Beaver Express, told FreightWaves that the coronavirus outbreak, soaring insurance costs and oil prices plunging to around $32 per barrel in March was the perfect storm that forced the company to wind down operations. He admits the company has been struggling for about two years. Stone said he explored every avenue to stay afloat or find another LTL carrier willing to buy the company, but failed to do so in time. It's one of the amazing things about the space being so fragmented with so many carriers. This company is pretty big. Beaver Express had 160 drivers and 218 power units. I never even heard of them, but that was according to the FMCSA Safer uh, website. Stone said the company has approximately 10 owner-operators and around 100 part-time and full-time independent contractors who mainly delivered in rural areas in the five-state region where the company operated. The company hauled oil field equipment for Halliburton, but after oil prices dropped dramatically in March... Businesses dropped dramatically as well, and so did revenue. One of the other things they noted was how they also got hit by regulations. The way their business is designed, they they don't have hours of service issues, but they had to pay over five thousand dollars a month in ELD fees. Yeah, that, and uh, that that tanked them as well. So yeah. it, it's sad to see. I mean, and the impact of weekly jobless claims is is I mean, it's it's beginning. We saw it last week, right? Oh yeah. Uh, but the jobless claims uh, jumped to two hundred eighty one thousand this week, a significant rise from the two hundred eleven. And uh, you know, the chief economist at Pantheon uh, uh, Macroeconomics, Ian Shepherdson. Told CNBC, uh, next week's jobless claims uh, may show a tenfold spike. That'd be what two million? Wow! Daniel Coleman uh, says, "I grew up in Africa, and tonic water has quinine in it, which was used quite a lot as a pre- preventative measures against malaria." Okay. Yeah, that's that's what it is. The quinine is a malaria preventative, mar- uh, and that's where that's coming from. So, but so gin and tonic with some alcohol with the tonic. Hey, you know <laughs> we're we're all trying to cope, so the vodka helps with that. I guess so. Uh, how <laughs> much, so gym? how many jobs do you say were up to 281,000 and 281,000 anywhere from a hundred to a thousand of those was TQL, depending on, um, which website or, or blog you believe we yeah. can't get uh verification from TQL. They don't want to give hard numbers on that, That's but we right. will talk to Cassandra Gaines in a bit on what to do if you lose your job during they, all of they this. Will, but I mean, you think about this 2 million, it could tenfold and I don't know how far off or how accurate it is. He's obviously smarter than I am, Ian Shepherdson. But I mean, the fact is you're looking at restaurants, museums, tourism service companies and, and many other businesses like that that are being furloughed or just outright letting people go. Yeah. And we don't know how long this is going to go. Hopefully it's short lived and we can recover here uh, quickly. Uh, but, uh, you know, when you think about all the services that are shutting down the restaurants, that's a lot of people that cannot work from home. Well, how about some good news? Loves to give wage increases and up to 80 hours of sick pay. Truck stop operator Loves is giving its staff a raise and a bonus as it remains open during this coronavirus pandemic. 
very good. Drivers yeah. rely on this place to get their fuel, yep. to get their eats, to take showers, to use the restroom, all of those kind of things. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, similar to what Landstar has done for its business capacity owners. Love says that any employees who test positive for COVID-19 or is quarantined by a doctor will get paid for up to 80 hours of missed time. Assuming a four-hour work week, that 40-hour work week, that's two weeks, right? Which is similar or the exact same, I guess, is what Landstar's paying out, right? Steve Herrera says Dow is down 600. Steve, don't don't remind us. And also, don't w- wake <laughs> me up when it's under 1,000. I mean, these days, 600 is nothing, right? That's almost up, right? Uh, yeah. That's, that's almost a positive these days. Uh, let's, yeah. let's talk to our, our sponsor, Robert Cardino. We're going to call him up and get yeah, him on the let's line do that. for five good minutes. He's going to talk about Ooh. near shoring. We have and music for that, don't yeah, we? We do. Hey, Robert, thank you for joining us. This is Dooner from What the Truck here with the dude. What's up, man? How you doing, Robert? Good. Thanks for having me, guys. How are you? How how are things treating you? These are unique circumstances and unique times that we are talking. Where are you personally operating out of? Are you uh, in self-quarantine? I am. I actually live in in Weston in Fort Lauderdale. you know, trying to stay positive, uh, given the circumstances and, uh, helping our customers, uh, deal with it. Um, you know, we had, uh, last week, thank God we, we kind of took this seriously. And about a month ago, we started, uh, having our employees, uh, get everything together. And, uh, as of last week, we had 1300 plus employees, uh, work out of their home, uh, for our over a hundred U.S. based logistics companies that, that we do back office for. Uh, so at, at, at least in that sense, very fortunate. Um, Colombia has been very proactive in doing some of the stuff, uh, weeks ahead of what the U.S. has been doing. So we closed our borders. We closed, uh, um, domestic flights, everything. So hopefully the pandemic will not spread as much. Uh, but you know, we're here for our customers trying to make sure that they, uh, they have that in place. People are running up and running and, and, you know, just trying to stay afloat. How does uh, how do you guys help with that? What are in times like this? What gap does uh, lean staffing fill? You know, um, the most important part is uh, offices that have different cities uh, across the U.S. Um, you know, we consider our their operation in Columbia just another city. So having that extra city out there that can help complement whatever it is that they're doing here in the U.S. just helps a ton. Um, you know, having having different people working out of their houses here and in Colombia that kind of gives them that sense of no matter what happens, how bad it gets in New York or Chicago, they still have that operation up and running there. They can pass some of the work over there while some of their employees might get sick. Uh, so just having that extra extra office in there it just goes goes a long way. So it's 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 like having backup servers, right, in uh, an IT sense. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Redundancy, you have your team here, yeah. everything's working out, God forbid something were to happen. Still have the office in Columbia up and running, uh, so you know we've been very proactive in communicating with our customers, letting them know what's going on, uh, how things are progressing in Colombia, and uh, and it's been you know up to this point everybody's been getting together as as uh, as, as a unified front in the link staff, and we know there's jobs at stake, there's 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 people's uh, uh, health in, in, in at stake, so we want to make sure that we take care of our employees first. Uh, and obviously do it together, um, you know, the, our customers here in the U.S. and our employees in Colombia. Robert, do you think this ushers in a whole new renaissance of, of working from home? Do you think a lot of people don't actually go back to the office after this? How do you see it playing out? Absolutely. I think, I think you know, obviously a lot of companies said, no, we need to have the people here in our office working. I think this gives them, this forced them to look at this in a different, uh, in a different way. Nowadays, after this, it's, it's going to be pretty pre-corona and uh, after coronavirus, uh, where everybody's just going to look at this differently. Um, you don't have to be in the office. You don't have to be there to make sure your work. But what, what's going to actually measure that is our is the KPI. We have an amazing quality assurance team. I would love to see our numbers at the end of this month to see you know whatever whatever expectations the customer have with regards to what what was what was the total output during their work from home time. And then I'll give us a good measure of, uh, of exactly what that is. Yeah. See the efficiency of working at home. And I think it'll, it, 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 you would imagine that that 
curve, there'd be like a learning curve. And the longer it goes, that, that KPI measurement should turn more and more positive, right? As, as people get used to working at home and, and companies figure out ways to actually manage remotely, right? Absolutely. And like I said, we've been very proactive. One of the things we have done is uh, communication is key when employees are working from home. That's the very first key. And we've given also our employees uh, best practices. You know, when you're working from home, wake up, take a bath. Uh, find a good spot within your house uh, where you can you can actually do this and uh, have your own space, that kind of thing. I know it's hard because everybody's at home right now, but at least that gives them some measure that they're part of something. And the other part is obviously the communication with uh, meetings and constant meetings between um, the supervisors, the managers, and the actual employees just goes a long way to make sure it, it flows properly. Hey, Robert, how's Columbia holding up? Um, as of today, we had uh, 265 cases. Um, three have recovered already, um, but you know they're they're making they're taking every single measure out there. Uh, it's not easy containing this uh, this virus, but um, you know they're they're they've been ahead of the curve. So hopefully it won't be as bad. But um, yeah, the U.S. has money. Uh, you know, there's there's not a lot of poverty in Colombia. Unfortunately, there is. Uh, so hopefully that doesn't go to those small places where they really don't have the means to combat something like this. Yeah. Yeah. How do people learn more about lean staffing if they need more information from you, Robert? Yeah. Just um, go to our website, leanstaffing.com. Anything we can do during these, uh, these extraordinary times, we're here to help. Um, Especially with uh, some accounts that were kind of looking at us and not knowing they've come forward and said, listen, can we set up something in the meantime? And we've been doing it even through this process. So, um, you know, more than welcome, more than happy to help. And, you know, trucking, uh, the trucking business is going through a very hard time. So we're, uh, you know, very bummed out to hear about Beaver Express. And we just, you know, we're here in the, as a community, uh, me being in the transportation industry for over 20 years, I, um, I feel what they're going through. I had my own bro- brokerage. So, uh, whatever you guys need and us as a community, we got to get together and, and make sure we, uh, you know, we get this through this. Very well said, Robert. Thank you for joining us and thank you for sponsoring the show and helping us get this information out to the people. We appreciate it very much. Thank you, Robert. Thanks for having me, guys. Have a good one. I can't wait to see what Cassandra says next. So, uh, yeah, we're excited. Okay, thank you, sir. Take it easy. That was Robert Cadena, awesome. CEO of Lean Staffing Solutions. And so, now it's time for Zach. But what were you going to say? I was just going to say, so you, you, you think this opens up an, an opportunity for like lean staffing for companies to like uh, have them on retainer in case? I would think so. I would think right? that you might want to train them in your processes a little bit, right? And right. Give them a taste of it in case you have a widespread shutdown, in case there's a massive outbreak and it really radically changes things. Yeah, I mean, if you're not a company that, that your business uh, lends itself to their solutions, now you're trying to make it fit. So retainer, anyway, it's an interesting thought. Anyways. Uh, absolutely. Hey, Zach is here for a little... I like how you, you don't even you won't even bother talking during it. You just want to hear and savor the whole thing. Oh, sorry. I, oh, hey. I, was like, I just want to enjoy it. Oh, yes. <laughs> in, these, in these difficult times. These, I know. You meet anything is a diversion. And yeah. it's I feel like we're living in almost this like uh, like duplicity, like this duplicious life with half your brain is is so focused on not touching germs and 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 all the bad things. Then you're but you also want to seek like escape and escapism. It, it's such a weird environment that we're in right now. I mean, you're, <laughs> you're, you're you almost have to like go numb to half the stuff that's going on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you wrote an article over the weekend, though, as, yeah. you, as you do, which is your market update. You're talking about rejections, what's going on there. Many carriers have been overwhelmed, right? Yeah. So uh, the chart of the week this week was based on our outbound tender rejection index, which is probably one of our most popular indexes. It's basically the rate at which carriers reject uh, the inbound freight opportunity. So if a shipper sends over a load request, carriers have the opportunity to either say, yes, we'll take that or no, we won't. When they don't take it, 
that means that there are other opportunities or they are just simply not able to cover that load. And the tender rejection rate is up over 16% now. And that's in response to the surging volumes. This appears to be a very demand-driven uh, capacity crunch. It's not like a holiday, Christmas, or Thanksgiving where drivers go home or they move out of an area and go into another area. It's simply there's just so much overwhelming volume. Volumes are up 27% year over year right now. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Which is... I don't, I don't think many people can fathom that level of increase. I mean, most, most people budget like two to three to five percent increases year over year, depending on the economy. Well, to put it in perspective for everybody, we've been measuring outbound volume and outbound uh, tender volumes and, uh, the, the rejects for a, number, a couple of few years. Yeah. It's so been, has it been this high before? Uh, yeah, the rejection rate has been. But the volumes. The volumes have not been this high before. And that's, that's, that was part of the article was like, okay, so we're in this, demand driven event where capacity has tightened there's not been a hurricane or anything like that but it's tightening because of increased demand not less supply of capacity correct correct and what's what's everybody what what's on everybody's mind is when does that curve start to turn you right. know it, people can't buy toilet paper forever people can't go out and panic buy all the different consumer goods and consumer products which we're pretty sure is what's driving a lot of this demand mm -hmm. right now mm -hmm. is people kind of getting ready to shelter in home and do all this kind of stuff and uh so oh, here over the next few weeks it's going to be kind of crucial crucial <laughs> to uh to try to figure out just when uh carriers need to start you know kind of toning it down expecting that turn yeah and, and we saw that in 2018 too i mean 16.52 percent yeah. i think is yeah. what the current otri is or outbound tender rejections mm -hmm. which at the, its peak was what 24 24 percent and that was a much longer driven event so right. 2018 things kind of ramped up 2017 it took from march yeah. to, de to to the end of june or july to get to yeah. that 24 percent yeah oh it, it took it it took months uh, yeah. to get there it started yeah. way back in 2017 but what's different here and i think a lot of financial market people will understand this concept the faster something goes up the harder it crashes. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, Goldman Sachs, I was going to say, they forecasted a 24% decline in GDP in the second quarter of 2020. Do you agree with that? Do you think we're going to see this? So we have this big hockey stick of freight going as people get these essentials, they get the toilet paper. Is there going to be a massive drop? I, I, I do think there will be a massive drop pending some sort of unforeseen intervention. I think, I mean, we are in the situation now where we probably will have to see some level of intervention. The global economy simply cannot handle that level of tanking. Um, I don't, I yeah. don't, I don't believe it can. I mean, if you're talking about, I, I think Vincent was talking about, uh, over 2 million jobless claims next week, which is, I, I, yeah, yeah. That, that's exactly, that was from Ian, uh, what, uh, Richardson. Yeah, but right? the, I mean, I, I think what's lost here is the rate at which this Shepherdson. is all unfolding. It's not happening over a long stretch. This is all happening very rapidly. A 30% increase in unemployment claims last week alone. Yeah. It, and this week will be even worse. It's, it's going, that's an exponential relationship. It's not some sort of linear, I can forecast this is going to happen. That's what's blowing up all these models, is this is not something you can easily forecast because the volatility is just too high. Wow. Before we dial out to our trucker friend, our, our uh, who's the turntable trucker, Max Farrell, who was on here, introduced us to him. He had just dropped a load off in California. We're going to find out from him what the state is on there, if you can deliver in uh, shelter-in-place states and all those kind of things. But before we go, what should people be looking at this week in Sonar? Oh, they they got to be watching the volumes. I mean, it's all about volume right now. We're waiting on that moment where it kind of starts to turn over that hump and then things start to recede. They cannot sustain at this level, I don't I don't think. Yeah, the hump's yeah. got to be we got to be hitting that peak soon. Because once that happens, that's when capacity will start be you know recovering a lot faster, more than likely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. So Catherine Burke asks... Is riding in a car considered self-quarantine or on their own boat? Yeah, I'd imagine, right? Sure. Why not? Yeah. Unless yeah, you're like not. in a car with 12 people. I mean, that could be a residence. Yes. Technically. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, Zach, thanks for joining us. Right, we really true. appreciate it. Later, guys. Check out Freightnomics with Zach Strickland on Wednesday at 2 o'clock. All right, let's give Charles Stallings a call. He is a uh, he's a truck driver known as the turntable trucker, keeping our goods moving, keeping America moving. We'll see awesome. how you, he's you feeling out there on the road. Right now, you already got him. Yeah, we're dialing him up right All now. All right. Beautiful. Hey, Charles. Hey, Charles, yeah. it's, it's Dooner and the dude with What the Truck. Thank you for joining us on the phone, and thank you for delivering America's goods, man. 
oh man, no problem, man. All yeah. the days work, man. Somebody's got to do it. So tell us a little bit. Is it your name's Charles Stellings? Tell us a little bit about what you do and uh, how these last couple of weeks have been for you. Uh, basically, I've been driving 25 years, uh, mostly coast to coast. Uh, last eight years or so, I just been going from Iowa to California. Uh, basically, food products, and uh, you know that's what I've been doing. So, how have del- uh, what have deliveries been like these past couple weeks? I saw the post that you had on that Max had shared, where you said you're going into California, you didn't know what to expect, but you had to keep America's goods flowing. So, right. what's it been like? Right. Well, this last past week, I really didn't know what I was. Uh, I really did not know what what I was going into uh, the first part of the week because there's never in my life have I seen so many cancellations, closings, and mass panicking about people, you know, not working. And I, and, and with that coming, you know, every day, I did not know what to expect. But when I, uh, when I, when I got out to California to deliver, it was, uh, it was, it was calm as possible. And, uh, I've run produce from California back to Iowa. And, uh, and, and I, I do commend the shippers that, that, that move, you know, produce out of California, they, they took extreme measures to avoid, uh, you know, uh, contact, getting the job done. And, uh, we all trying to work through this. So Charles, uh, Hey, first of all, this is, this is Mike Vincent. Uh, and first of all, thank you for everything that you do and to all the other, uh, truck drivers out there. It's, uh, uh, vital that you guys keep moving. So thank you very much for doing that. So you, you, you mentioned the, the shippers. So what, what do you see in there as, as far as the measures, uh, if things change, uh, checking in, delivering the loads or uh, picking up, checking in, checking in is, uh, basically, uh, changed, uh, like one, one of the shippers I went to, uh, they basically had an office where you had to go in there and sign in and everything and uh, and talk to people about, you know, uh, about checking in, your load information and everything. They changed all that. They set, a, they set a kiosk. They closed the office. They set a kiosk outside. And uh, you basically checked in through the kiosk and they called you. And then, like, generally, if you want to go out there and supervise your load, see how you want your load loaded or whatever. Uh, you could go in, but now you now now you couldn't, and and basically you you backed up, you got your stuff. Somebody came out in full gear <laughs> for you to sign your paperwork, and you go, you know, and and it 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 it, it basically limited as much possible, you know, person to person contact as possible. And I, I commend them for it. Hey, did, places had Charles, did this speed did this speed thing up? Did this speed things up or slow it down? Just out of curiosity. Actually, actually, it sped things up. Actually, it sped things up. Yeah, Amazing I, I innovations that come from stuff like yeah, this. It is, but I'm, I'm wondering. Is so, Charles, when you when you pick up a load, I mean, normally you're watching to make sure. Are you actually checking yeah. to make sure you're, that they're loading what the manifest says it's going to be, and making sure that bro- blocking and bracing, etc., is is correct or or well. Basically, it came. It's come down to you know, uh, you know how you want your load loaded, and then some people go in there and stand and and uh, you know and, and supervise how how it's loaded and everything. Or you you you, you could count your product before you load it. Now, the way things is now is hey, if you're short on the other end, they covered it. If you you was not no. allowed on the dock or nothing. Yeah, it's a like a transfer without joint check or a shipper load and count type of situation now, right? right. You're not verifying right. it. Yeah. Right, right, right. Hey, and, w- it, and it made everything a lot smoother. Hey, Charles, one of the first story we talked about on the show was uh, protocol for isolation, self-isolation, if you're showing symptoms, those kind of things. Do you have a plan in place for that, or has anyone given you a plan in place? What what is uh, what are you going to do if you get a fever or a, a shallow dry cough or whatever those symptoms are? Uh, well, uh, I will. I will. Uh, first of all, I'll try to, you know, find a doctor as soon as possible, and if I have to, you know, I, I will. I will. You know, uh, if it's if I was out on the road, which I'm, I'm less than five hours away from my house right now. But if if that if if so that problem happened on the road. I was prepared to. I had enough. I have enough stuff in this truck to where if I had to, if I had to 
quarantined myself for a couple of weeks, I would have. And I would have I would communicated with my end, and they would have they would have you know had somebody else come pick the load up, do what they had to do. I was fully prepared for whatever. Well, you, you know, Charles, that's that's uh, it's interesting because I never considered that before, and I think we spoke to somebody else last week who said the same thing. Yeah. Within their truck, they could sustain themselves for a couple of weeks. Yeah, it's going to stay in the tr- the actual truck. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Have you had any I, trouble? I feel, have you had any trouble getting supplies? Truck than being out. Uh, uh, am I what? Have you had any trouble getting supplies? These stocks that would sustain nope. you for these couple of weeks? Well, well, I do. I, I shop just where where normal people shop, and uh, and I knew if I couldn't find it there, I knew where I could get it. Like, like, like if, if, like if Walmart was out of something I was looking for, I know where I could get it. You generally truck stops would, would actually have what I needed. Like, like, uh, earlier this morning, I, I needed some bottled water. I had some, but I wanted some more. And, uh, and, uh, and they, and they had it. If I would have went across the street to Walmart, I guarantee you they wouldn't have had it. Nice. That's, that's yeah. interesting. That's awesome yeah. though, that you're finding yeah. what you need. Hey, before we oh, let yeah. him, Charles, before we yeah. let you go, you are called the turntable trucker. Tell us why, man. Plug your, uh, your, I know you do some mixing or some DJing. Let us, tell us about that. Oh, man. Yeah. I, I, I was a DJ long before I was a trucker. And, uh, I, I basically build myself as the world's only DJ on 18 wheels. Back when I, I got <laughs> the passion, when I got the, when I got the bug back to, to, to driving, I was, I, I was out of DJing. In like 2001 to 2010, and then one day I just felt something was missing out of my life, and I was at a crossroads in my life, and and something just told me get my DJing equipment back. And around 2010, technology was way better as far as being a trucker, as far as you know having having appliances and stuff with you. And uh, and I said, uh, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to get back into my music because everything went digital. You know, you really didn't have to shop records no more. Uh, you know, I, and then basically I learned, I learned DJing, digital DJing all over again. And wow. for years I just sat in my truck and did it. And then came social media. And then I started, I started live streaming mixes and stuff. And then people were just being amazed about me doing all that stuff in a truck. And basically, you know, basically, if I, I made this my home away from home. And basically, that's how the world really got to know me. That's awesome, Charles. Hey, but listen, don't you miss scratching actual vinyl? <laughs> uh, I, I have actual vinyl if I need to. It's hard you to know, scratch I, that in a truck, though, right? Uh, uh well... You know, I, I'm, I'm stopped. I can, I can, I can make it happen. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I do love, I do love DVS as far as, as far as music and being able to play music and being able to get new music. You know, as far as DVS, but still, that does nothing doesn't beat scratching with real vinyl. There you go. There you go. Nothing, nothing beats it. Hey, Charles, so I tell you what? How do people go DVS and find some of those mixes? Life. Uh, basically, uh. Two places. Uh, you can go uh, mixcloud.com slash unic, or I'm uh, I do uh, weekly mixes on an app called ID3. If you go to id3.fm slash turntable trucker, nice uh, man. You will find my my weekly mixes on ID3, or you can go to anchor.fm where I do a little uh, podcast called the Highway Hustler podcast. The Highway Hustler. Anchor. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Anchor, anchor.fm slash Junie C. J O O N I E C. And I'm on uh, iTunes on Apple Podcasts too. Thanks. Sweet. Thank, thanks, dude. Hey, little cowbell for you. Thanks for keeping America moving, man. We appreciate it. God bless. Hey, good stuff. Yeah, good excellent. Stuff. Thank, thank you, Charles. Thanks to Maxim Workhound for giving us his contact information. Yeah. Next, we get a call, Cassandra Gaines, transportation attorney, to talk about some of the things that have been going on with TQL. Mm, yeah. They let some people go. They're getting sued for that data breach. Yeah. A lot of, lot of, lot of stuff going on with. Um, yeah, there's some turmoil with happening with TQL. TQL. There no sure doubt. is, no doubt about it. Christopher B says transportation sector stocks are down 30%. Do you think investing in the sector is a good opportunity at this time? I don't know, Christopher B. We'll have to get back to that. Hey, Cassandra, is that you? Hi, it's me. How are you? F you. I hate everybody. I'm the man. I will never give you my. Order in the court. 
<laughs> hey, there we go. <laughs> That's tremendous. There has been no time better than these last two weeks than to have that intro. <laughs> uh, do you have a... Uh, so were you fitting. not born with enough middle fingers? I guess I was not. <laughs> <laughs> well, so T- Mad Games is definitely mad this week. <laughs> T- TQL has been in the news for two things: for that data breach. Now they're getting sued, and they were also in for a number of layoffs. Now we don't know exactly how many layoffs there were; it could be anywhere from 150 to a thousand. We're not sure, and we won't know until they can confirm that. But we've Freightways has had employees reach out to them, or former employees. You've had former employees reach out to them. Terrible time to let people go right in the middle of pandemic. But Cassandra, what should people do if TQL just let them go? First of all, I want them to send me an email and reach out to me uh, or look me up on social media and reach out to me. What we are going to do is on Friday at 3 p.m. EST, I'm going to go live, do another live broadcast, just me, informal, with Brett Ortuga. And we are going to talk about what they can do. And I'm going to line up some resources uh, and more along the lines for anybody who's been laid off, right? Let's get some really savvy attorneys that deal with the stuff day in and day out. Let's talk to Reliance, Ryan Davis, at, about benefits. Um, we're going to talk about non-competes and whether they're enforceable. So I'm going to bring you guys uh, all the resources we that you would need if you're laid off because layoffs are going on, as you know, Dooner. Um, but there's there's a, there's a layoff. I think that there's a way you can lay an employee off and there's a way to treat employees and, not, and how not to treat employees. And we're going to talk about that as well. And I think TQL is going about the way of how you don't treat people on the way out the door, allegedly. By the way, Cassandra, Chris Ulrich and Rachel Haas both say that you are awesome. They love you. Some Cassandra oh, Gaines. Them. And Jacob Reed says, TQL peeps, reach out because, to me. Yeah, I feel like, uh, you know, I've been working a lot lately because it's, it's kind of, you know, cowboy land out there uh, with regards to employers laying people off or regulations changing overnight on them. Um, so trying to help as many people as they possibly can. Yeah, it's hard to tell the good work from the dirty work. I mean, some of the dirty work is is obvious, letting a bunch of people go. But a lot of companies are using this as a smokescreen to, uh, to to do things that otherwise they may not have, right? I mean, uh, in trying yeah. times, you know, the best and worst comes out of everybody. One of the things that we saw, though, was so these young brokers, these young 24-year-olds are kicked out the door at TQL and they're handed, they're reminded about their non-compete. I know you're very passionate about non-competes. Is there anything they can do here? I, I know state by state, it kind of depends, but any advice you could give to uh, to these guys and girls? Yes, I'm going to, first of all, uh, I'm learning, and I have, I've known this for a while, but it's coming out more and more, that TQL, of course, we all know, they enforce their non-compete very, very aggressively. And their jurisdiction is in a certain county where they've got the judge's favor. Um, so we're going to talk about that on Friday as well, uh, because there are ways we can try and fight it, um, fight these non-competes. And it's hard to imagine that if TQL tried to file an emergency injunction and enforce a non-compete against an employee who went to a competitor, that a judge would say in these times, in these days, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna tell that employee he or she can't work. We're gonna enforce it. It's hard to say that, but because TQL has this county that seems to have the judge's favor, according to what I've heard um, from my friends in the industry, uh, I don't know what they could say. So stay tuned. I'm still researching. I'm trying to gather as much uh, of information as possible to help these people who either have been laid off or terminated. Yeah, Cassandra. Whatever the EQL wants to call it. <laughs> yeah, Cassandra, this is Mike Vincent. Thank you for being on. And what what strikes me as odd is they let somebody go for poor performance, mm. but then they're going to spend the money to enforce a non compete. Yeah, like you're not a good salesperson. Well, I mean, <laughs> you know, wouldn't they find a job at their competitor for somebody who couldn't do the job? <laughs> yeah, let them have them if they're that bad, right? Right. I mean, I don't know. Poison the well. And Logic. You know, you Weird. And the reason why you guys think that's weird, because it is, by the way, but also uh, you see employers, especially with what's going on in the world right now in the economy, you see employers, they are laying off employees, but they're giving them severance and they're releasing them from their non-competes. They're treating them right. And there have been employees that are, are terminated, but they're still treated properly. Um, 
So right. TJ, Cassandra, TJ Knudsen, vice president of operations at Metatrade, he said he's talked to a couple of people that were let go from TQL and weren't given a copy of their non-compete. They were scared to even ask yep. for a copy is what they told me. Yep. Well, well, first of all, those guys don't be scared, right? Because they already let you out the door. So uh, that's that's when you uh, maybe they were hoping if they don't no, ask for it, it they won't remember. Scary. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> No, it is it is scary to ask for a copy because the first thing the HR does is let leadership know. Uh, in the in the sometimes I shouldn't say broad, broadly, but what these employees fear is what all these employees are fearing, which is I ask for a copy of my non compete, which immediately signals and puts me on a watch list. Yeah, they're flying. Out. They're not under them. the radar anymore. Yeah. Yeah, that's why they don't want to ask. They're scared, and yeah. uh, and that's. That's a big deal. I've heard that quite a bit going on in this in this whole TQL situation. Hey, Cassandra, um, before we let you go, I know that you you posted on LinkedIn earlier that you were trying to get information on moving shipments in shelter-in-place states. Did you get a reply on that? What are you looking into there? No, I'm working hard on that. So what were we all – okay, I'm getting this question a lot, um, which is what do we – how should we proceed transporting goods in and out of – states that are in shutdown status or shelter mode. Um, and right now, common sense dictates that we're fine, right? Going in and out, these states will want these goods. Uh, these states aren't going to stop. We haven't heard about any borders where goods are being checked and bills of lading are being checked. That's for now. Every day, things are different. So what I see in the future is, and I'm worried about, is that the states, what if, what if God forbid, what if the states decide to check bill, bill of lading they decide to really cut down on who can come and go from these states. We need clear guidelines from uh, the government what to do in these situations. So the CISA, um, who is the cyber infrastructure, but that's the Department of Homeland Security, they issued a guidance. And that's what all the state governors are relying on when they do when they have shutdown orders and they release them, is they rely and they tell everybody, go look at this essential critical infrastructure workforce. These are the folks who can still work and move in and out of our state. The problem is, Duner, is that in my, is that these, this thing is not, doesn't exactly say a trucking company can come and go. A trucker can come and go. And, it's, and when it does, it's very narrow. I understand that the picture and the language has a big sector that says transportation and logistics. But if you actually read the language, it doesn't really say trucking companies can come and go. Yeah, yeah. or travel through the state, or if they have to travel through the state. You got it. And uh, that's what everybody's worried about right now, and it's going to increasingly become a problem. So the two big questions are, one, what if I'm moving a good that, you know, kind of our emergency goods, uh, their medicine, hand sanitizers, everything that the FMCSA has articulated as essential goods. And then two, what if I'm not moving essential goods? But they're still essential, right? Furniture, electronics. Um, maybe clothing. So everybody's asking these questions. We need more guidance, and I haven't gotten an answer yet. And I am not letting up on this. Cassandra, yeah, let us let us know when uh, let us know when that when that answer arrives. We really appreciate your time today. Uh, I will. Everybody out there, follow Thank Cassandra you. Gaines on LinkedIn and check out her. What is that? Three p.m. on Eastern Time on Friday. Yes, your sir. Event? Okay, perfect. Thank you, Cassandra. Thank you. Stay Thank safe. You. Stay healthy. All right. Always great to have Cassandra on. Uh, and Tenny Abdi says, no more restrooms at shipper receiver. This is sad. They don't let the driver to use the restroom. Yeah, there is. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Um, That's a big deal or a little deal. Coming up next is Emily Zink. That could be big or little, to right? To join the show. Greg McLean, CEO of Logistics, etc. He said, TQL wants to classify their agents as independent contractors, yet they want to treat you like an employee and restrict your limit of what you can and cannot work. By the way, I've signed two contracts in mind that TQL has lost, both telling me it is because of the data breach, not agent performance. Again, the suit and ties can't take their own failure. Yeah, I've seen that in in another report as well. Uh, Yeah. Someone, you know, saying, admitting, yes, my sales weren't there, but it's because of the data breach, lost a couple big accounts. Big deal. Little deal. Big deal. Little deal. Hi, Emily Zink. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on the show. Oh, you're muted again. Sorry, there you go. Well, I will say with that TQL story, as being a journalist myself, um, they want to control a narrative, and the best way to control a narrative is by talking. And yeah. the company, unfortunately, will not talk. They won't say 
Was it 100 people let go? Was it 700 people let go? And just by giving a number helps stop all the talking. It helps give facts. And um, as you were just talking, was it to do with performance? Was it to do with the data breach? Did they not have the capability to work from home? What is the true answer? And right now it's speculation. So from my years of journalism experience, I would say if I was the company, yeah. I would release a statement to control my own narrative. Is, but it's is there neither a, here nor there. Is there a reason we don't just make up a number like 700? Um, there, Yeah, there, there is a reason. Um, the company knows the number and they have not released it to anybody. So right now, if you're releasing a number, you're just going off of speculation. And that's mm. not that's not smart to do. Right. Um, so, yeah, as, as frustrating as it is that you can't get a number out, you never go with releasing a number. That's just yeah, some, crazy, shock factor. some crazy number out there. Yeah. yeah. So definitely, obviously, we are a credible news source and we'll continue to sure. only report the truth. So yeah. but here are some big deals and little deals. That's that's a big deal for a lot of people who lost their jobs. But on the first question, obviously, a lot of coronavirus um, themed ones today. Dooner, the coronavirus fallout boosts the outlook for the long-term infrastructure funding. Is this a big deal or a little deal? We were talking about this infrastructure funding <laughs> months ago, and it's back in the news again. I'll take it as a big deal because we are looking for silver linings and everything when things are, are so bad. And we desperately need help with infrastructure. This gives people time to plan with it. Now, will anything happen with it? It seems like this is a topic that comes up, gets tabled. Nobody wants to talk about gas tax. Nobody wants a gas tax. You look at states like Connecticut, which has a very high gas tax, but they're very inefficient with their spending. There's a lot of arguments that can be made either way, but it's pretty clear that something needs to be done about infrastructure. So I'll, for now, I'll say big deal. Okay, what do you think? Yeah, uh, uh, I'm going to say big deal because it needed to be done uh, for all the reasons that Duner was just stating. I, I agree 100%. I think uh, a, a big deal in my mind as well is is the reason why they can slide it through right now is a big deal to me. It's kinda, <laughs> yeah. That's a good it point. Kinda, it kind of stinks that that's yeah. the way they have to slide it in, right? It's kind of like, well, nobody's going to notice it right now. <laughs> a lot of stuff, man. When we needed it anyways. I mean, just logic says we have to have this. Oh, yeah. We've been talking about this forever. And obviously, yeah. our, our roads are crumbling. Bridges keep getting knocked into by trucks. They're not yeah. high enough. They need to be fixed. And mm. people yeah. keep complaining Railings about falling off. Yeah, potholes everywhere. Yeah. So yeah, something needs to be done. <laughs> well, the Port of Houston closed down for a day last week after an employee tested positive for the coronavirus. The container terminals are now all back open, but it had to be shut down for a day. Is this a big deal or a little deal, Vincent? I, I think it's a big deal that they had to be shut down, and I think it's a big deal that they're reopened, right? It shows us how fragile the legit the supply chain is and, and all the little waypoints, touch points along the way, and we really need to keep that technology up and keep people safe. I think it's a big deal that it's back open, that we need it open, and that it is back open. Yeah, it, it was less than 24 hours, though, that it, it closed. It was, but I mean, the, the fact that it's back open. Yeah, that's it, yeah. Well, in this odd world of the new normal we live in, I guess this is a little deal in the sense that we are going to see this happening at ports all across the country, at docks all across the country, anything critical at hospitals all across the country. People are, if you have to interact with people, especially groups of people more than 10, you are likely going to come down or come in contact with someone who has coronavirus. You're going to have to quarantine. It's going to be disruptive for who even knows? Even when people come back to work, it's going to change. Like, how do sick days even work now if you think about it? Like, in November, if oh, Emily, I have a fever, I don't come in. Are you like, don't, well, don't come in for two weeks? I, it's yeah. just, it, we have to see how it plays <laughs> yeah. out, right? Yeah. yeah. Speaking of sick days, what do you think of the employers who are making their employees use their PTO to quarantine? Obviously, we don't have that problem yeah. here. We have a, an amazing situation, but there are some employers who are. I, I think that it's, it's terrible, but at the same time, to be empathetic to some employers, you have to realize too, they're not making any revenue yeah. either, and business is business. And if they pay you now for two weeks, in a month from now, if this is still going on, they're probably going to be cutting a lot of people. So they'll, they'll be in the unemployment line. But as long as we can, if we can flatten the curve of unemployment, just as we're flattening the curve of this, that's going to help out all sectors. Yeah. Amen. Agree yeah. with that 100%. Well, it's a, it's almost a survival question. mode for them to have to do <laughs> yeah. that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Threw us a curveball. Yeah, well, you guys are on your toes, and I like it. <laughs> well, fake coronavirus cures are flooding the Internet as scammers are looking to prosper over those seeking answers. 
That does not sound right. Dooner, is this a big deal or a little deal? It's a big deal. I mean, you know, when you have people, it, the president of the United States telling people to take an experimental medication that may or may not work, and then you hear that people in Nigeria are taking it in mass, and people can die. I mean, like, right now people are looking for the answer, and they're looking, and they're very scared, and they want to get protected, especially if they're in at-risk groups. Although the scary thing is, it seems that the groups that are at risk is expanding more and more as we look at these death numbers and everything. So to sell someone a, a fake cure for that, especially something that could, that could hurt them or make them think they're immune so they expose themselves, is awful. We talked about that with the fake cleaners. Yeah, a- absolutely. And I'm, I'm going to just, I know big you're going to ask me, I can tell. <laughs> you're going to ask me, it's right? Big, big deal. deal. I, yeah, it's a big deal. And I agree 100%. Yeah. It, it, you can't, you need to, you need to get answers. You need to be able to rely on what those answers are. And if there's a cure out there, we need to know what the heck it is. We don't need fake stuff making people sick, making things worse. Yeah. It's a big deal. Yeah. And you made a good point about the age group. We used to, you know, when all this news started, it was, you know, 65 and older. And then it was like, no, 70 and older. And now it's anyone could, you know, come down with this. I read something on the news that a 12-year-old girl, no underlying health conditions in Atlanta, is now incredibly sick in the hospital. So it's really crazy how this has kind of changed and everything about it has changed. So something as we think as simple as a cure there, there's no answer to it at this point. We, 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 time will tell, but it's too soon to know. Well, delivery dates for things like Amazon prime. I know that's been ticking you off Dooner. They just keep getting pushed back and on demand food delivery services like Uber eats, Postmates and Grubhub are being overwhelmed with the amount of orders. Vincent, big deal or little deal? I'm going to say it's a little deal right now. I mean, you know, it's, we need to support restaurants and, and, and I agree with that. There's been some calls out from officials, et cetera, to, you know, do those, those pickups and, and, and order out that type of thing. But, uh, in the grand scheme of things, everything that's going on, I, I think it's a little deal. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think it's a big deal. Most, these types of networks are already kind of, optimized by nature of how they do business. You know, people aren't driving Uber Eats if there isn't food to deliver. So there's only as many people as are needed. You're not going to see a bunch of people picking up the mantle. I've seen some of the pay, too. The pay that they get for delivering food is terrible. It's like $2 a delivery, and people on Reddit have been posting their time. between. It's like a half hour between delivery. These guys are making like $6 an hour. It's not good. To bring people food is terrible. But, like, I ordered Whole Foods over the weekend. My first open delivery date was tonight. And I imagine that's only going to get longer and longer, just as anyone who's ordered off Prime probably has noticed that those shipments are taking longer and longer, too. Things I ordered last week aren't showing up to the end of this week or the following week. So these networks are getting very strained, and this is only the beginning. So, uh, you know, like Lucy at the Chocolate Factory, as this keeps piling up, I think we're only going to see more and more network disruptions. Yeah, and a a big thing people don't know, the Postmates, the Grubhubs, the Uber Eats, all those... Yes, you are still supporting your local restaurants, but those companies get 20 to 30% of the profit. So in these tough economic times when restaurants are fighting to stay open, I would say pick up the phone, call that restaurant directly and go in there. Don't do it every single night of the week, but definitely utilize the phone. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. It, it, when I read that, I was like, oh, well... And these poor drivers aren't making anything, so it doesn't really help. Well, this is interesting. Late last night, the president tweeted, quote, we cannot let the cure be worse than the problem itself. At the end of the 15 period day period, we will make a decision as to which way we want to go, end quote. Many close to the president right now are saying that he's weighing in on whether or not staying home is worse than completely gutting the economy. Is this a big deal or a little deal, Dooner? It's a big deal because it's the president saying it, but it it sends a mixed message. Are we trying to flatten the curve here? And if we are, it's probably realistically a lot longer than 15 days. I always felt like that was sort of a thing to placate people so they didn't just go crazy and you know start setting everything on fire. I, I think that if everyone goes back to work in 15 days, you're going to see massive outbreaks. You're going to see huge pockets of outbreaks. That's going to happen. Now, if we decide as a society we're willing to sacrifice 3%, 4% of the, the population to coronavirus, then I guess that's it, but I imagine there's going to be a lot of blowback. But it's a huge deal, and this is the debate that's going to be happening until we do get back to normal. Yeah, uh, uh, and I think it's a big deal. I think it's a big deal because, as Dooner said, the the president said it, but I think it's a big deal way beyond that because it's something that we need to discuss, and we're going to have to discuss eventually, is when when do we start getting back to normal? And in 15 days... Hopefully, we're seeing the effects of the, the the attempts to quarantine and slow this down right now. Hopefully, we will see some positive uh, uh, trends. And maybe they're not to the point where we say, you know what? Everybody go back to work. 
But we need to start talking about when is that going to be there? So I think it's a big deal because we have to decide, you know, when, when on the backside do we say, all right, go. Yeah. And you made a good point where is this two weeks or the 15 days yeah. just to appease people right now? It's like yeah. a kid in a well, car. He's just saying in yeah. 15 days, we're going to discuss exactly. this issue already. Yeah. He's not saying in 15 days, everybody go back to yes. work. It was in all caps, though. So I think yeah. that he was, you know, he was, it was very aggressive. Type. A lot of his, a lot, he, he, he tweets like I do and writes like I do. I do all caps. But I think he was trying to get a message out there. Well, over the weekend, Noah Miamore Custom Catering in Tucson, Arizona, opened what they're calling the country's first truck drive through It will serve d- drivers barbecue, hot dogs, drinks, and much more. Is this a big deal or a little deal, Vincent? I hope it turns into a big deal and we see more of this yeah. to support our drivers and help them with their needs it. along the thing. So I, I think it's big. Hopefully it catches on and it explodes across the country. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's a pretty, I mean, it's only one place, so it's kind of a little deal, but hopefully it sets a trend. The good news is that we talked, we talked to Charles Stallings earlier. He's a driver and he seemed like he was getting by, he was getting his necessities, he was finding what he needed. Yeah. At rest stops, he wasn't, it wasn't the end of the world for him. And I, you know, he's a trucker, so he's probably extra tough too. He's a DJ, you know, fellow musician. So, you know, he, he can live on the road. He can live out of a truck. But yeah, I mean, eventually the people are going to want normalcy. And it's like, yes, I can live out of my truck for 14 days. Yes, I can live on like bottled water and peanuts. But like that's what people on the Internet, they're like, well, you, why are you hoarding food? You can just buy jars of peanut butter. And it's like, well, I think people are like, they don't know how long they're going to be holed up. And they don't want to yeah. just live off jars of peanut butter. Yeah, peanut no, butter gets old after a little while. It a little sure barbecue, does, hot dogs, couple tablespoons it gets old. Yes. Yeah, I, I liked your point. It's just one and we hope to see many more. I saw yeah. some brothers in Lexington, Kentucky. They set up something along the side of the road and said truckers just stop on by. They're out there grilling. So hopefully that's nice. something that we see. Because a lot of places, we, we talked about this, you can't pull a truck up to a restaurant. It's no. very hard to do. Clearance isn't good. It's not going to work. So this is great to see. Well, Dooner, I don't know much about this cat, <laughs> okay. but Ichiro, an exotic short-haired male cat, has become a mascot of sorts to people around the world who are stuck in quarantine. I think we have a picture of Ichiro. Is that how you pronounce the little cat's name? I believe so. Is this a big deal or a little deal? A cat is taking the internet by storm. He's not the hero we need, but he's the hero we deserve. You know, Grumpy Cat <laughs> passed a few years ago, and now we have Ichiro. He's a very, he looks like a pug crossed with a, uh, like a Siamese a cat or something. Dog, yeah. He likes to eat fish. He's named after a Kurosawa film. He likes to lie upside down and create mischief. I think, again, people are looking, there's so much bad news that I think people are also looking for that diversion, that binge watch. Okay, I don't want any news at all. There's this dichotomous living that you have to be in right now. And if Ikaro can be on that good side and can distract people, then more power to you. Look at that beautiful, look at those blue eyes. Wow. Check that out, Vincent. Yeah, is that, that a big deal or a little deal? That <laughs> cat is. That is a scary looking I think that's a picture of a cat. Not the actual cat, but <laughs> I think I think those are colored contact lenses. Yeah, it could there. be. <laughs> I think the big deal. I think it's cool. I think it's a little deal. I think the bigger deal behind this is the fact that it's taking it by storm, and that's one thing that you're starting to see more of is the mental health of the people, and, yeah. and us as a society yeah. is going to be really important as how we maintain our sanity and how we maintain our civility, because a civilization only will stay civilized for so long in yeah. something like this. So when you and I get to see how our families react when we get back home to them being stuck inside this quarantine. It's like we get to sneak out into the outside world for a little bit. I was there over the weekend and it's weird because you kind of take on their demeanor and my wife's like, yeah, we haven't really been out of the house and done much for like 12 days now. It's crazy to think. Yeah. Psychology. It's not even the physicality. It's the psychology. It really is. When does it end? Yeah. Yep. Speaking of, we're going to continue our coverage as long as we're allowed to come in this building for Freightways TV, right? What's coming up? So we have today, this is this is our final show of the day, but obviously tomorrow it will keep on going with great quarter guys. We have Kevin Hill and Andrew Cox always have something good. And then Wednesday. Wait, put, coronavirus market update. Oh, duh, at noon. Noon. Yeah. Tuesdays, yes. my my, all the days somebody said said on the internet. It's like, what day is it today? Yeah, oh, all yeah. my days really. Even though we've been the here every day, yes. it's really I I don't know what day it is. Yes. So first, tune in at noon for our coronavirus freight market update, and we love to hear the interaction like you're mm-hmm. doing right now. Definitely put your comments on LinkedIn. We read all those. We see all of them. Um, 
So that is always great to have the commentary, not just from you guys, but from our outside help that we always get. We had oh, yeah. some good guests last time. So and it's sure. always good to know what's going on outside of Chattanooga. And then we have great Carter guys at mm-hmm. 2 p.m. afterwards. Um, put that coffee down 1 p.m. on Wednesday. Uh, what you guys talk about this week? You've had some great yeah. quarantine topics. Uh, in honor of Kenny Rogers, knowing when to hold him, knowing when to fold him, with the wrinkle being <laughs> that you're having conversations with people stuck in quarantine. How does that temper and color the deals that you're making? Oh, great. I can't wait. 2 p.m. after that on Wednesdays, Freightnomics, and then 12 p.m. Eastern Time. We are all on Eastern Time here with our coverage, um, another Freight Market update mm-hmm. on Thursday. And then we are with Michael Vincent. Yeah. Freight for forecasting, a clock. 4 o'clock. Freight forecasting. And what do you have planned for us this week? It's topical. So I'm waiting to see how the week yeah. goes out, right? Because, uh, you know, you can Changes. talk about OTVI and OTRI, yeah. but I, I want to see what's what's rolling this week with imports and China coming back online and rail and stuff like that. So, And you've been doing a lot of quick casting. You have your own little setup in the yeah, bar I, area. I, I love it. I do. So those are in production right yeah. now. Those will be coming out quickly. Short two to five minute videos on how to do some benchmarking, analyzing, monitoring, and forecasting, utilizing sonar and the data and tools within inside it so yeah all right let's try to come up we'll try to end on time so i don't i don't get any slacks from production upstairs all right then what the truck on friday at one o'clock thank you everybody who tuned in today to this show thank you to robert cardina from lean staffing thanks for joining us on this show charles starling thank you for keeping america moving cassandra gaines thank you for defending the people (laughs) on this show that we call what the truck Market update. I hope it's good news. I hope it's good news. It'll be news. Hey, keep your head up, kids. Watch out the Tiger King. Meow.